In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can you imagine a world where no one has access to the Bible? Where nobody reads it because they can't? What would such a world look like where you don't have access to the Holy Scriptures? Where you don't know what the Bible says? Well, it doesn't take too much to imagine this scenario because this was the problem that the common people had at the time of Martin Luther during the Reformation. See, we tend to think of the people in the Middle Ages as being dark and dim-witted, illiterate peasants. But the truth of the matter is, during that time, people were literate. They could read. They simply did not have access to books, and that included the Bible. And even if they did have access to books and the Bible, the Bible was written in Latin, which means that the people didn't really know how to read it because they didn't speak Latin. So, a world where people don't have access to the scriptures or don't know what the Bible says is not too hard to imagine because it has already happened. And frankly, it's happening in our day, too, in a little different way. See, we are surrounded by books in our homes and in our schools, our churches and libraries. But the only thing they seem to be good for these days is sitting around. And unfortunately, this goes for the Bible, too. Just because we live in the 21st century, where we have easy access to the Holy Scriptures, doesn't mean that we open them up and read them or know what they have to say. See, we in the Lutheran Church seem to have a little history problem. We seem to have forgotten the life and the work of Martin Luther in making the scriptures available to the people in their common tongue. And as the saying goes, those who do not know history are doomed to repeat it. You see, the youngest in our generation don't even know who Martin Luther is. I teach the seventh grade catechism, and in the beginning of the year, when we were starting to look at the Reformation, before we began, I asked them this one question. Who is Martin Luther? And I got two responses. One was no response at all, kind of a blank stare on their face. And the second was, oh yes, Martin Luther King. No. <laughs> so parents and grandparents and church, how has this happened? How have we lost the beauty of the Reformation? Well, it's because we don't talk about the story of today enough. That story of 504 years ago when Martin Luther walked down the streets of Wittenberg and nailed those 95 theses to the church door those 95 things that he was upset about going on in the church at large. And that's like today, you or me going on Facebook or Twitter and making this huge post of 95 things that we are upset about. And you're guaranteed to stir up some emotions when you do that, and you're guaranteed to get a big response. And that's why Luther did it. He did those 95 theses and posted them on the church door because he wanted to start a conversation within the church. Because he was fed up with the church leadership pulling the wool over its people's eyes. 
he was torn apart inside that the lack of gospel was being preached to the people. You see, his eyes had been opened after searching through the scriptures to that beautiful gospel proclamation which we hold in the Reformation. And as St. Paul said in our epistle, that we are saved by faith alone, in the grace of God alone, in the giving and shedding of Christ's blood on the cross. And he wanted all people to be able to know that and read it for themselves. Because again, that beautiful truth that we are justified, that is declared innocent of our sins before God by faith, apart from the works of the law, the things that we do, that was hidden from the people in Luther's time. But you and I, we have it clearly and wonderfully proclaimed to us each and every week. For you hear it in your ears with each sermon. You see it every time at the font of holy baptism. You sing it with your mouth in the holy liturgy. And you taste it on your tongues every time you partake of the Lord's body and blood. So needless to say, in today's world and within the Lutheran Church, we are not lacking in the access to God's word of grace, yet we are still so much like those medieval people, lacking in the knowledge of what the Bible actually says. Why? Because we don't read it. Our hearts have grown apathetic to the word of God. We don't take time daily to actually read the scriptures, to open them up, to try and digest them, ponder what they have to say, have them on our hearts and tongues always. We struggle to make sufficient devotional time for ourselves, let alone, again, actually sit together as families, open the word of God, and read it every day. Rather, we choose to take a cup of coffee or tea cozy up by the fire and read the latest blog post or social media discussion or novel while the Bible sits in the corner collecting dust. For the fact remains that we are sinners, just like our Lord spoke about in the Holy Gospel. And we might be sometimes dissuaded from reading the Bible because we don't know where to begin. Or we might begin, but we reach a point where we're stuck in understanding, or we get confused about what's written, and so we stop. Or we are sometimes not happy with what the Bible has to say to us, and so we shut it and think it doesn't apply to us, or we don't need to hear that portion. Or we get so wrapped up in our day-to-day -day life that, again, we don't carve out time to actually read the scriptures. And so we become satisfied in the neutral nature of our, of our faith. Instead of looking to God as our refuge and strength, our ever-present help in trouble, we are okay with just getting by. We have lost the thrust and the excitement of the Reformation, and we have become too settled in our identity that we have lost the joy of what it means to be Lutheran. We take for granted the ease with which we can hear and be reminded of the good news of God's grace in Jesus Christ. And we forget that the task of making that truth known was not easy during the time of Luther. There was a lot of opposition that Luther faced to make this proclamation known and to get the word out. Because the Catholic Church and the government at that time 
persecuted him and pushed against him as he was trying to make this message clear because the Pope and other Catholic leadership were more focused on money and power rather than making sure that the people understood God's grace in their life. And for this reason, the people suffered violence by an oppressive church body that loved to exercise its powers in the wrong ways, that loved controlling what its people did know and what they didn't know. And this controlling pushback is not a new concept, for as Jesus spoke about in the gospel, the kingdom of heaven, that is, the word of God in its full truth, will always be opposed by the kingdom of this world. Earthly rulers and even religious rulers who think that they are above the word of God and who seek to dismiss it and even preach against it. And history supports this notion because whether it be the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament who was literally sawed in half for his faith or John the Baptist being beheaded because of his calling out the ruler's sin at the time or St. Stephen in the book of Acts who was stoned for his confession of Christ, or Luther being persecuted for his gospel proclamation, even unto today where pastors are being jailed and even worse for trying to get their communities back into worship a year and a half into this COVID nightmare. We see these evils against the word of God will continue they will continue until Christ returns and puts an end to the workers of the evil one once and for all. But the question remains, as we wait for that time to come, what do we do? Well, I suggest to you that we exercise the faith and we solidify ourselves in the truth of God's word. And I'll give you four easy steps to do it. Step one, make sure you have a Bible in your homes and make sure you read that Bible every day. Devotions are great, but jump into the scriptures themselves. Read the text and ponder it. If you have questions, notate them as you go through and then ask us on Sunday. Bring those questions to us and we will give an explanation. Or ask your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Let this be your discussion point as you stand with a cup of coffee at the Welcome Center in between services. Or bring it up in Bible class. Step two, buy a hymnal for your homes. The Lutheran Church used to be known as the Singing Church. And I think we still do a pretty good job of holding that title as we were demonstrated a few minutes ago singing A Mighty Fortress. But we are not as strong as we used to be. So let's have those hymns and the liturgy on our tongues more often, on our tongues daily. Sing with your family at night. Use the hymns that we sing in church on Sunday as your weekly hymns that you sing with your family. Or pick one that's fitting for the season that we are in in the church year. The Lutheran service book has over 700 hymns, so I promise you, you won't get bored as you try and go through them. The hymnal is also a wonderful resource for prayer, and it contains the small catechisms. So you have everything wrapped up right there in your hands. Step three, go through your catechism. 
As good Lutherans, I don't care if you're 96 or 6, the simple and solid words of the Catechism serve to remind you of the godly things that we hold dear most in the church. And so, especially for our families out there, with kids in catechism class, go through that section of the catechism with your kids each week and learn with them, grow with them, instruct them in that faith. For the point is to have discussion with your families and among other Christians. And remember, mom and dad, that your primary responsibility as parents is to teach the faith. Step four, increase your prayer. Every day you should wake up, make the sign of the Holy Cross, as Luther tells us to do, in remembrance of your holy baptism, and then say the Lord's Prayer. Speak the Apostles' Creed. And again, for parents, do this with your children every day. By doing them, you will be grounded in the faith as you go about your business and as you leave the house for the day with all the things that the devil and the world can throw at you, you can stand firm and solid on those words and those truths that you just went through. See, these simple things will do wonders in our church. And let's do this together as we stand now 504 years post the beginning of the Reformation. Let us stand firm on the word of God, that gospel proclamation of our salvation in Christ. Let's not hide our Lutheran identity, but let's be bold in our confession and our knowledge of God's grace revealed to us freely and fully in the scriptures. Let us get back into the habit of being in God's word daily and discussing it with our families and our other Christian friends. For our victory has been won, and the kingdom ours remaineth. And this is our faith, so never forget it. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. <laughs>